Activity is key to everything, and we're going to talk today. Nuts and bolts are an important part of what we do, and the reason for that is we have so many people that this is a new career for. So understanding and realizing what goes into being successful is a very big part of that. Uh, I did want to go over this morning with you just to acquaint you with some of the things to watch out for. And I sent out, or Connie sent out uh, some things about underwriting and product selection. The first page has, excuse me, some ages across the top, ages 20 to 50, 50 to 60. The purpose in doing that is to, to kind of give you an idea. I made some notes at the top of mine. When we're talking about the 20 to 50 age group, you know, you can see there the gold plan is cash back. Uh, the silver is simplified term for the full mortgage, and the bronze is uh, what we refer to as traditional mortgage protection, uh, where you do a portion of the mortgage. And understanding that, uh, what's happening is a lot of times, and I've written living benefits uh, and made notes there when you talk about living benefits. I've made another category of be cautious about talking about living benefits. You know, because anytime anybody's 50 and above, we don't have a lot of people under 50 uh, percentage-wise that are not healthy. But when you get 50 and above, <coughs> it just, you know, it is what it is. People, they got banged up a little bit here. And if we come out of the gate running, I'm having agents talking to people in their 70s about living benefits. And guys, over 50, the, the people qualify for living benefit term products are dwindling. So just kind of be aware of that. And then um, we've also got listed out here some of the products that you use here. Uh, it's not a complete list, but it's a, for new agents, it's a great way to begin. Um, I had a great conversation with a guy yesterday that's been doing this for quite a while, and he had a real high contract out on his own, doing everything on his own, and he said, you know, it's a lonely business out there, and I don't care how good we are when the wheels fall off. That's why association is so great. It's really nice to have somebody you can call or some, some system like this that you can plug into that will make a difference and help you. The second page is actually some of a listing of some of the most common health issues we have and who will consider taking it. For example, a stent placement. You know, with AmeriCo, the HMS products, it's a decline. Uh, GPM, non-tobacco, they've got a chance of getting something there. Um, American Eagle Premier, which is a final expense product, yep, you can go there. And uh, the AmeriCo Accidental Death Plan, you know, because if you die of a heart attack with the Accidental Death Plan, they don't pay, so there's no risk there. However, there's a lot of risk in life. So it's nice to have, you know, with Keen's texting and um, many states now uh, allowing marijuana use, People are impaired, so there's a reason to have that, and that, that sheet there is just designed to help you a little bit. Um, Brian Tracy has got uh, done a number of books, and I shared some of this with the guys uh, in North Carolina last week, The Law of Three, and it's three critical things in every business that produce 90% of the income for that business. Uh, we all have heard 
Dave Crocker's story. We've heard um, Robert's story. When they got started, Robert cleaned his office, I think, three times. He vacuumed the stair. I mean, you know, he found all kinds of things to do before he could get started. And I wanted to point out what the three things are we do and why that's important. There are other things in our business we do, but they generate 10% of our income. So let's focus on the things that generate 90% of it. The first thing that our business does is we prospect. We make dials. Uh, now, in addition, when, when we look at the prospecting part, in addition to leads, guys, become a walking billboard. Let people know you do what you do because they're liable to say, I need some. And if we can add uh, a little more business every week, if everybody on this call wrote one application more a month just because they became a walking billboard, remember, prospecting is one of the things we do that generates 90% of our income. Um, the second thing that we do is make a good presentation. Now, whether that's virtual or in person, you know, working to perfect your presentation um, so that it leads to action, an action taken by the client. Because otherwise, if we just do a presentation that doesn't lead to action, as Zig Ziglar used to say, Connie, you just become a, a professional visitor, you know, and that's not what we want any of us to do. Now, on the presentation side, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit there um, just to give you an idea of what we're talking about there. You know, um, Connie referenced to the book uh, of John Maxwell's this morning, Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. Read this story about Carlos because Maxwell, I mean, I can't even imagine having the opportunity to spend four or five hours with Ma Maxwell and some friends just gleaning from him. Of course, this guy had no earthly idea who Maxwell was, but he goes on to point how the trip was so disappointing to the group because Carlos did not connect. Um, and I hear agents a lot of times are saying, well, Dick, i got to know the product so I can get the right one for my client. And guys, I just want you to know I cringe because the client rarely cares about which company you use. What do they care about? Well, what they care about is if I don't come home because of a car wreck or a heart attack, what's this product going to do for my family? Is this product going to keep my, me or keep my family in our home? See, that's why they sent the request back. It's a, it's a, and I say about, not for. They sent the request back to get information about mortgage protection. And the reason the word is so important there is you might say, well, they sent it back for mortgage protection. For mortgage protection assumes they're going to buy and they're just going to roll over and play dead and sign whatever you offer them. And no, that's not the case. They sent the request back about mortgage protection because you know, they don't know how much it costs. They don't know what it does. They don't really understand how it's going to change their life if something happened. See, when we get them on the phone or we sit down with them in the home, that's when the selling starts. So it's about mortgage protection. It's not for mortgage protection. Now, when we're sitting there talking to them about mortgage protection, if we're filling their heads full of facts, See, most people lose interest, and you'll see that in the relationship or the lack of relationship with Carlos and John Maxwell in Peru. Uh, you know, you've heard the phrase, 
people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And, guys, that's what we do is all about, you know. Uh, just like in the case with Maxwell and Carlos, they wanted a relationship about this trip they were on. So when we're doing our presentation, connecting is going to be the key because connecting is what's going to lead them to take a plan of action. And then the closing is the third thing that every business does. The first thing is prospecting. The second thing is presenting things that leads them to a plan of action. And then the closing part is the easiest part if we've done a good job in the presentation. See, the reason we present choices uh, in what we do is it makes it easier for the client to buy. And it doesn't matter what we're looking at or intending to buy, if we can go in with the idea that we're going to present choices and allow them – now, when I say choices, we're dealing with a life-or-death situation here, changing everything for the client. So obviously, there's going to be a little more emotional appeal in it. You know, buying a, a car, nah, not so much. You're buying a car to get from here to there. But I'll never forget when we were looking for a car for a teenager – uh, Volvo used to make a, a square car that looked like a, a small tank and actually functioned like one. And um, the one I was looking for, looking at, turned out I couldn't afford it at that time. And the guy said something to me that really stuck with me and actually haunted me for a long time. He said, you know, some people buy a car because it looks good. Some people buy a car for their team because it gets good mileage. He said, this doesn't get particularly good mileage, but it's safe. Mm -hmm. And even though I couldn't afford it, that haunted me for a long time. In fact, I was a little mad at him. By the way, he did it sarcastically. But it, here it is. Now we're talking nearly 30 years later, and or 25 years later, and I still am bothered by that statement. So if we can figure out a way to introduce the emotion into this, a.k.a. the joy story, because at 7.30 at night, she was healthy as could be and signed a life insurance application, and 9.38 that night, she was killed in a car wreck. See, guys, that can happen to anybody. Now, we can talk about this could happen to you, but when we interject you into it, that changes the, the chemistry of the whole relationship of the whole conversation. So when we talk in terms of third person, they may or may not plug them into that, but what we're trying to do when we introduce the third person in the closing part of this, we are trying to paint a picture. And we paint the picture in such a way that we want them to step into it, not that we push them into it or trip them into it, but so that they step into the picture. And when we're talking about Joyce, 7.30 at night, she signed an application. 9.38 that night, she was killed in a car wreck. Her son graduated 15 years ago on a policy she bought two hours and eight minutes before she died. And if we can then allow that to marinate a bit, which is why I leave the room and go to the restroom. But see, we allow them to hopefully step into that picture. Now, sometimes the wife will step in immediately. And while I'm in the restaurant, she'll grab his hand and pull him into the picture, too. I've got to get him in the picture before they want to move forward with this. Now, one of the things that – and I'm from Ohio, 
and we grew up in a very small town in southern Ohio. And Ben Feldman, who was one of the legendary life insurance agents in the country when he was living, lived in a small town, never worked more than an hour to an hour and a half from where his home was, and he called on small business owners. And it was all one-on-one sales. And you're thinking, no leads back in those days, guys, none at all. This guy made 13 to $15 million a year selling life insurance. He had a staff of 35 people helping him process business. How did he do that? Well, he asked one question on every appointment. And if the guy was too busy to see him, he'd say, well, George, let me ask you something. Would your widow be able to live as well as your wife does? And it was amazing how many times people would say, yeah, come on in. But that was the question that he asked. That's not intimidating. It's just something that he did. So those are some of the things that we try to do uh, when we're talking to people is create that sense of urgency without being overbearing with it. You know, um, I, I hear a lot of you are on the phone talking to older leads, doing things um, with people that have already talked to two or three different agents, understanding what Ben Feldman did here. Guys, there's a way we can connect with people on the phone the same way. You know, when we're looking at um, hiring somebody, we put them on older leads for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, we don't want them to go broke practicing to learn their craft so that it gives them a chance to work the older leads. It gives them some of the benefits with working with older leads is it gives them a lot of people to practice on. And if they practice on them and they could have gotten a sale but they miss it, we and you should not feel quite as bad because if something does happen to them, guys, they've already had a chance to buy, and they said no to someone else. So that takes a lot of pressure off of us as managers and you as the agent because they had another chance. But these 2 and $6 leads and even the dollar leads, they give us a couple of weeks to practice a lot to generate and uh, work on our skills. And as I was thinking about looking at this, uh, I have some coffee mugs that have got big handles in them that I absolutely love. They're all handmade, and none of them match. And I remember thinking when I got the first one, the, the hole where you dink out of wasn't even perfectly round. It was close. But I didn't realize the beauty and the fact that everyone was handmade, so they're going to be different. And then as I was thinking about it, I thought in terms of a, a potter or a sculptor, relating what they do to how we work older leads. And, you know, the pottery clay, from what I understand, is not particularly cheap. So if you're going to let a kid practice or a new person practice, you want to give them some clay that's been around a while because what they're making is probably not going to turn out real well anyway so that they get a chance. Now, a sculptor, you know, you give them a nice piece of marble or jade or whatever it happens to be. It's expensive. So why do you turn them loose on a really expensive piece? Why not teach them on a piece that's been discarded? You know, now that piece that's been discarded may have some fractures in there that if you hit it wrong, it's going to break because the other guy or the person has already fractured it a little bit. It's okay. If at that point in time they're learning their craft on a piece that if it breaks, so what? It didn't cost anything. It's already been discarded. 
much like the way we work our B, C, and D leads. It may take a little more work learning to sculpt and work on those pieces that have been done, just like it may take a little more work on our B and C and D leads. However, it gives them a chance to practice. Now, the, the good news is with these older leads, getting a sale with one of them is a benefit. But getting a sale or two is only 10% of what we're trying to accomplish here. The 10% is yes, they're going to make some money, they're going to close some sales, they're going to make some sales, that's great. But the other 90% is what they learn in the skill department in terms of getting better. And understanding the purpose in working reworked leads and tying it into the three things that we do. You know, we prospect, we present, and we close. Understanding the purpose in the three, uh, the older leads, that is one of the parts that makes a big difference. That's how we learn to stay consistent because we develop our system, we develop our skill, and that skill then we parlay into a lot of sales in the future, but if we hadn't gone through this to begin with, we would have been in a totally different situation.